Good afternoon and welcome to Open Air and good afternoon Ashwini. Good afternoon Michael. And we have a new time and a new format. This is exciting. It's very exciting. It's always wonderful when we change things up. Are you yeah. hearing an echo, Michael? I am not. Are you? Okay. No? Okay. Well, I did, but now I'm not. So here we go. Okay. I believe Great. we're going to start off with announcements. Yes, we are. Reflective Listening Buddies is a powerful support for practicing awareness, requiring us to show up and be present every week for 30 minutes. This popular program begins a new quarter, January 15th. And for these and other practice opportunities, visit livingcompassion.org. And a few reminders today. If you'd like to get in the queue to talk with Ashwini, please press star six and then one to make a show and get in the queue. And a conversation on one topic, please. And about five minutes is great. Okay, Ashwini, I think we're ready to go here. All right. Okay. First caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Mark. I'm in Arizona. Hi, Mark. Hey, Mark. Hi. Wow. Okay. So I'm calling to report because so many, so much experience has happened in the last several months. I thought I'd just share because it's really fun. Um, and so it starts with uh, a conversation uh, with Sherry, perhaps four years ago, uh, at which point she reminded me that um, all things are have consciousness. And I've been meditating on that for all that time. And somewhere around August, I realized in the middle of saying that, well, if they have consciousness, then they, there, is aware, there is awareness. It's not they, it's just there is awareness. And out, out of that exploration came, oh my gosh, if there is awareness and consciousness, then there is compassion. And I am in a pink sea of compassion. Which Say that last kind of, part again, Mark. You are in a web I'm, of compassion? In, remember, uh, she would, uh, uh, Sherry, talk about it's all pink. You yes, know, it's all is, pink. It's, exactly. Yes. Uh -huh. So if I might reflect yeah. what you're saying, it is, it is sort of the central teaching of almost every spiritual tradition, right? That everything mm. is consciousness. And that's what Sherry mm. was pointing to. And in mm. your meditation of that, the, the realization is what consciousness is, is, is awareness. So everything is yes. awareness. And that yes. really gave you the experience of swimming in that sea of pink, a, a visceral experience yeah. of the swimming in conscious, compassionate awareness. Because everything is that. Yeah. That means everything yeah. is that. <laughs> and yeah. Everything and is consciousness. It, and so that's what, I, that's what we are and that's what we are in, within quotes. Yes, and and it's not. So for you know, this is just like 
you all have been saying this forever, <laughs> but suddenly it hit my abdomen instead of the top of my head, and it was like there is infinite compassion here passing through this place where I am. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. it is a oh my gosh, well mm -hmm. okay, that's like the basis of ecstatic divine dance because mm -hmm. we are vibrating there is i mean we know this just just from physics the the and it's it's happening all around all every all <laughs> yes yes and, and that laughter just captures it all right mark because it's so difficult to use language to describe it and it's so yeah. beautifully stated when we hear it at a level of the intellectual, it hits our head, and then we yeah. drop into the experience, to the awareness of what that's pointing to, and it's, it's quite an indescribable experience, especially, oh. I project, to what you received in that insight, right? That oh, the, entirety of, uh, the entirety of the universe passes through this moment and its quality right. is infinite, is compassion. So infinite compassion vibrating on a moment-by-moment -moment, uh, basis everywhere. And if it's vibrating, it's equivalent to a dance. Yes, exactly. Yeah. There's this beautiful, amazing... And, of course, you know when something like that happens, sooner or later, I am going to get thrown into the depths of despair, which surely did happen. I mean, it's like you could say you know how strong this is by how hard conditioning was working to try to destroy, <laughs> yes. which it could not Absolutely. do. Absolutely. Yeah. Could it, not it's do. A, it's a, it, yes. So there's a proportional response, right? <laughs> the ego yeah. response is a proportional response to destroy that, uh, to destroy that experience, to to negate that insight, we could say, and right. uh, it's a very powerful place to be. Oh my gosh! Yeah, exactly. And and there's this, and so suddenly, I, I really, I'm, I'm not a person who goes around telling people, "Oh my God, I love you," and I, I've been doing that a lot lately. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Be yeah. Because you look, you look at. The, Anything really, it doesn't really matter. Any, any construction, any, and it's like, oh, wow, that's amazing. And then that is amazing. And oh, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's been a very, very long time since I was involved with marijuana, like a really long time ago. But it's kind of like that. Oh, wow. <laughs> Stoned, but in a good way, right, Mark? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, and yeah, yeah that place of uh, the place of seeing with the eyes of love, seeing love see you back. It's it's just it's it's what the mystics go crazy about, right? I mean, that's why you have yeah. all these all this love poetry because all, right. all everyone ever experienced is is that love, and you can yeah. you could also relate to the anguish of. Having had that experience when yes. when it, it when it feels like the beloved is no longer there and all all I'm doing is re seeking that experience. 
and and so I had to be reminding I had to remind myself something Sherry said to me some time ago, maybe two years ago. You know, don't reach for it. And mm, so I yeah. haven't. I mean, I, I haven't. Um, I'm mm-hmm. certainly having the most wonderful time feeling compassion coming through me. It's just mm. uh, delightful. And and I thought, okay, well, this is a one-off. But it's not. It keeps mm. coming back. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It keeps coming back. And I would project that there's a way... I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with the ox herding pictures. No. Are you the 10 in Zen? Well, the, it's an interesting place, right? There's a search for that experience, and, and there's a struggle uh-huh. to find that experience. Then you have the experience, and you're sitting with that experience where there is no self and other, and it's all pink. And then at yeah. some point, you go back to the marketplace. In, you, uh-huh. the, the, the monk doing this goes back to the marketplace because... It's that wonderful way of first there were mountains and then there were rivers and then there were no mountains and then there were no rivers and then there are mountains and there are rivers because there's a way in which the transformation happens where, yeah, in this phase, you, you want to announce from the top of the world that you love everything and that, that, that transformation then manifests itself in a, different, in a different way of being in the world, right? So then everything yeah. is the same, but you've changed entirely. You've yes. changed entirely. Yeah, that's right. That, that's 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 right. And it's in a sense of, it's almost as if um, this issue of identification, identity. This issue, you know, I am the bird. I am mm-hmm. the tree. I am mm-hmm. the rocks that I'm sitting on. I and I love them. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is this is crazy talk. <laughs> well, it is, unless you read, I know you were uh, on the Blessed is the Knowledge of Emptiness retreat, right? The, those, those very lines are the lines that oh, yeah. uh, the Divine says to Krishna in the battlefield on the Bhagavad Gita, right? I am the bird, I am the fire, I am the sunlight, I yeah. am the moon, right? That experience yeah. of being able to say it from that place and not sound either crazy or egocentric to anybody else who... Yeah. understands that experience and where you're coming from, right? It's not crazy. Right. Yeah, you are God. And when you can announce it like that, you're not crazy. <laughs> well, depends <laughs> on who you announce it to, I suppose. <laughs> well, and you, you remind me, because about two mornings ago, as I was waking, I, I, because the, the darkness, the emptiness, the, the, the infinite feminine, however that is expressed, is, is very... Kind of, I've had a relationship with that for a long time, and and suddenly it has it has proportions, and depth, and brightness, and oh my God, it's like, wow, <laughs> it's yeah. it's just it's roaring and and soft all at the same time. I mean, gosh, mm-hmm. yeah, another place the words don't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another place where it's going to do it. And we just have to, mm-hmm. you know, we just twinkle and uh, dial up or down the twinkling as appropriate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, th- thank you for your time. I truly appreciate it. And um, I, I certainly, there is a very, there's a river of compassion passing through me. And I haven't yet learned how to direct it, but when I do, I'll surely send 
to the sangha as every all everything. Mm-hmm. And perhaps uh, that the trust that you don't need to know because it, as Sherry says, we fall into it, right? We don't have to seek it. Yeah. It will it will direct itself. It certainly seems to be doing that. And, uh, of course, I've just just fallen off the cliff and I'm holding on, you know, and then there's the berry. <laughs> that's, about, that's about where I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you thank so you. much for calling in and sharing that experience, Mark. Oh, oh, thank you so much for sharing, getting me here, because it's really important. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Thanks for joining us, Mark. And I'm sitting here twinkling Ashwini and feeling very expansive after that conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can go there, certainly, can't we, Michael? Yes. And we're grateful for whatever takes us to that experience. Yes, yes. And Sangha is really good at taking me there. So I'm grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And we have another caller here. Okay. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hey, Ashwini, it's Zoe from New Jersey. Hello, can you hear me? Sorry, can you? I couldn't catch your name again. Could you? Could you reintroduce Zoe. yourself? Yes, oh, sure. Zoe, Zoe from hi, Zoe. New Jersey. Of course. You didn't even sound like yourself, so I couldn't even recognize your voice, but now I do. (laughs) Hi, Zoe. Hi. Um, I just wanted to call and check in, and um, because I've um, kind of been hanging from practice by a a tiny thread, and um, I've been kind of looking at that in the last couple of days, and kind of interested in looking at, um, like, motivation. Uh Uh-huh. Uh huh. So hanging by a thread to practice and looking at motivation to pay more. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know. I think. I would say that I, means you're very motivated. So, what would you say? Um. I don't feel motivated. Um. But <laughs> uh-huh. I. I don't. Um. And I. Uh. I would say that. Um. You know. I've noticed in the past. Um the motivation for practice came from various things and um, things like self-improvement or, um, you know, all these goals and, you know, find, you know, seeking something or finding an experience or, you know, feeling better or ending my own suffering or, you know, all of those motivations that, you know, I've kind of noticed over the years. And um, I feel as though now I'm just living my life, and I'm actually putting my attention on things that light me up, and I'm and I'm I'm having a great time, and I'm you know keying into certain things that cause me suffering in terms of like just um, you know biochemical things, and and you know just being really curious about sensations, and and just kind of like what brings me into a low mood and, you know, working out uh, ways to alleviate that in a real just cut and dry way. But the, the, so, so without, you know, with, 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 I feel like I have let go of some of those, you know, self-improvement 
goals and motivations and now it's like okay you know I was just talking about it on my reflective listening buddy call I can see that there's an opportunity there um, yes. but I well, don't know where to find the motivation so go ahead I'm sorry well, may, I ask you, may I ask you something so, sure. what it so to me this is such an important insight right Zoe because what what has fallen away is an outcome driven need to or desire to practice, right? That's what's fallen away. But that doesn't mean that you're not present, that you're not directing the attention, that you're not approaching your life with curiosity. So perhaps two things got put together that are not necessary. So in other words, the do you see what I'm pointing at? So let's just say I want to lose weight, and so that's why I am eating carefully, right? And then after a while, you start eating well because you just want to eat well. And so mm -hmm. then it can get framed as, I'm not motivated anymore to lose weight. True, you're not motivated to lose, anymore to lose weight and therefore to do X, Y, Z in order to, do, do, to lose weight. So the motivation may have dropped away, but that doesn't mean that you're right. not eating well. And so well, perhaps and, you and, look at it from oh, that perspective, uh -huh. right? Perhaps and, look and, at it and, from that perspective of what is mm -hmm. practice. It's learning to direct the attention. Mm -hmm. It's having an expanded awareness. It's bringing all of yourself into the moment and not listening to conditioning. So it, in essence, if that is how you are living, one would argue that you are practicing and therefore the, the, the problem can be redefined in some way. Okay, we want, don't want to call it a problem, but the issue can be redefined in some way, which is, now you're looking for how to integrate a formal practice into the way you live your life, not mm. how do you find a way to do a formal practice in order to live your life. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. How to find uh, the first part of that sentence I'll have to re-listen to for sure because, yes, that's exactly, I was gonna, that's, that's where I wanted to interject was that, yeah, you know, that, that would be, you know, I agree totally I I just feel like there's part of you know my heart that misses really engaging and um well participating sitting just you know I mean I have been doing really whew, my own things you know just totally off um you know just you know not not participating not um sitting not doing my my what you know what I've been doing on and off for years so um yeah so but there's there's a heart so piece that I've like not motivate like there's not that like deep like strong like yeah. motivation yeah which I would also I would also question because mm. what because that is a, a conditioned belief that's not working anymore right because what you what we realize is it uh, I remember once when Sherry told me love is not a feeling. Because mm. I would, there was a there was a belief that I need to mm. be moved, I need to be, uh, mm -hmm. I need to feel a certain way in order to do a certain thing. Mm -hmm. But that's mm -hmm. not true. You could do something, and it's only the belief that you have to feel a certain way in order to do something. You you basically arrive at that, right? And so to sit, you you find. Uh, uh, you, you find the ability to sit because you enjoy sitting. Mm -hmm, you exactly. find the enjoyment in sitting. Because previously, I mean, this is a very, very subtle place, right? 
previously you're sitting in order to do something like train the attention or uh, feel a certain way or mm-hmm, be the mm-hmm, right person mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. whatever, right? So all of those things that cause you to sit fall away, right? So now you've trained yourself to sit if X, Y, Z conditions are met. But what if you are exploring now just sitting because you choose to sit? Not because you feel like it, not because your heart wants you to sit, not because of anything, any story, any belief, any conditioning that you're told is what should be the reason to sit. What if mm. you sit without a reason? I mean, that's <laughs> such an imp- Ultimately, I want to enjoy being alive and being here for the sake of being here and being alive because I'm here. Right? And so right. To, to start the exploration of I don't have to be motivated to sit, I'm exploring sitting simply because I want to sit. Because intellectually at least, you could basically, you know, we, we, if you're an athlete of some sort, you need some way of training. Right? If you're an athlete, if you're an awareness practitioner, sitting is just the way you train the attention. It, it is an important uh, skill to be able to cultivate and practice and master and deepen because it does, you do really need to train. It's like if you're a nurse, then you need to train in nursing techniques and keep your hand in it and keep practicing because otherwise you're going to lose it, right? So, oh, yeah. So, so then you, you do it, you might do it because it's your profession, but for something like an, like an awareness practice or eating or taking care of yourself, we do it because, of, because we love the, the life force. We love the human being. We love... You know, whatever that, we have to discover that motivation that does not have an object or an outcome. And it's one of the most fascinating and difficult places to, to train because hmm. it's so counterintuitive. <laughs> not what we yeah. have practiced in. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I, um, I, I want to bring up a whole thing, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna just uh, bow and thank you for that because I, I, it is, it's sort of a koan. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but I, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, yes. I don't know if no, I can make I, it real for, for understanding or, or comprehension. I'm not sure if there's any you, of that. So. I, you, I exactly. Probably, you, yes, exactly. So, so then, then every day you just sit. You just sit 10 minutes, just as if you were back to beginner's mind. But you're not carrying with you into the sit everything that you thought you were going to get out of it, right? That's what you failed to, to have. So do it like you would do any practice structure, right? So this week, sit for five minutes every day, and all I'm going to do is to enjoy myself. Or I'm just going to see what it's like to sit without being motivated to sit. Because motivate, what, if nothing else, you can prove that you can sit without being motivated to sit. So if you don't have the motivation to sit and you can still sit, then what? Because the, the thing that we're trying to solve for, right, Zoe, is that is the problem. The way, where, where the conditioning has you is without motivation, you cannot do X, Y, Z. It's such a perfect 
ego control place. <laughs> if I don't want to do something, I won't do it. And right. I don't. Um, and that but, I is not you, right? That <laughs> I is the ego. And so then, you could go up against it and, and try to face the resistance, or mm-hmm. you can just choose to take it as an experiment. Everything in awareness mm-hmm. practice is an experiment. It's like, okay, well, can I actually do something that I don't want to do? Let me find out. It's not that I have to do something that I don't want to do. It's not a contest, but there's a willingness to explore that level of being controlled. Mm-hmm. Because I would project that there are many things in your life you've done, even though you just want to do it, um, you broke up a little bit. You said you project that there are many things that I do that I don't want to do. Is that what you said? And have done in your life, yes. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, so all it's right. not impossible. <laughs> it's not impossible. I think you're, 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 you're correct, definitely. <laughs> That's right. And so it's not uh, about having the willpower to overcome the resistance. It is the exploration, that curiosity that you're talking about, right? I'm curious to explore this place of control. I'm curious to explore that in this domain to do something that that supports me. Not from a should place, not from a I have to be motivated to do place, not from any of the places I've approached it previously. This is brand new territory. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've looked at the should a lot and um you know it doesn't it doesn't get for the things Oh god, yeah. The... <laughs> yeah. Why would it? It's not fun. But then but it's then how do I make it not a should joyless. if I don't want to in the first place? I don't understand. I don't know. I'm I'm just I I get very confused. I think or, or very like lost like very quickly, I think. Yeah. Yeah, well, here's one approach that might be okay. helpful. And I don't know if you're part of the along and you might want to dig out the whole two weeks we did on resistance, right? Because mm-hmm. the, the, the place to recognize I don't want to is it's pure resistance. And the, and the mm-hmm. ego counter to resistance is, well, I should, I have to, I don't want to. And then, of course, we're, we're down territory that is very hard to get out from once mm-hmm. we're in it, right? But the simple mm-hmm. redirect of, okay, well, when I, when I see the thought pattern of I don't want to, I should, I could have, I wa- I, whatever it is, to redirect the attention to something, to curiosity. Well, what is this? That's mm-hmm. the only curiosity. way to circumvent, circumvent resistance. Because if you, go mm-hmm. up, if you go up against resistance, you're resisting what you're resisting and resist what you resist persists. So you accept, mm-hmm. yeah, there it is. There's the resistance process that's going to prevent me from this exploration. I want to get curious about it. And you train that way, right? Train to redirect the curiosity every time and curiosity about whatever is arising in the moment. Every time you, you hear that, I don't want to. I don't feel like it. Yeah. Because that is what you're exploring. Mm-hmm. The control. That's the control mechanism. And the control is, well, you know, if I'm not motivated, I can't sit. I can't do X, Y, Z. Well, we know that's not true. So then, then <laughs> what, what, what's going on with this? Right. 
All right, well, I will seek, I'm going to write down just that word, curiosity, and I will bring it into awareness. <laughs> You're going to love the object. Yes, thank you so much. Okay. All right, bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us, Zoe. And yeah, that was a fascinating inquiry, Ashwini. And um, that whole idea of resistance and the I don't want to, I don't feel like it, just fascinating. Yeah, and that the ability to finally get that we're doing something because we're doing something, not because of anything. <laughs> it's just a, it's such a, it's so outside of conditioned thinking, right? Like yes, a, yes, yeah. yes. And I love the focus on curiosity. Also, it seems like uh, curiosity is always a way out. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And now, Ashwini, we are going to break for a good news update. And so I will bring those folks on. All right. Thank you. Okay. Okay, Jen, I'm turning it over to you for a good news update. All right. This is terribly fun, Michael. Okay. <laughs> I love it. So welcome to Good News Update. And I'm pleased to be joined this afternoon by Sri Devi, who is here to assist me with giving all the good news from Cantalumba. Welcome, Sri Devi. Hi, John. Hey. So as always, there is plenty of ground to cover, and so we'll cover as much as we can in these 10 minutes. And so do you want to choose a starting place for us? Um, sure. Uh, I thought maybe we could start with updating people on, where, um, on how Bana Benedette is doing. Um, so for – oh, sorry, go ahead, Jen. I was just saying perfect. That's a great starting place. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Bana Benedette, um, whose, whose name is not Bana Benedette, but in, in, in Zambian culture uh, she's referred to by the name of her first child, which is Benedette. Um, I guess it must have been maybe a year ago, Jen, or maybe early this year. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, almost a year ago, early this year. Mm -hmm. um, received a loan from the cooperative to kind of really help her start her own business. And um, she has been repaying the loan back. She, and it's so wonderful to hear Teresa tell the story because she, she doesn't wait until, like, the quote-unquote, like, the, the time she has to pay it back. Like, she takes in money weekly just to keep paying it down and paying it down and um and is doing very well in fact i think she's probably very soon going to have fully paid off the loan but i think what's yep. even what is of course even more exciting about that is what has now happened as the result of her starting her business which is that her family was in a very difficult situation the only meal that they were getting was at the property but in conversations with teresa they are now eating three meals a day and just saying that, Jen, I have so many shivers um, because, you know, what the privilege, at least I know myself and I project so many others possibly on this call may experience is, is three meals a day is just a given. And to be in a situation where they are, everyone in the family is eating three, days, three meals a day, they are all happy. <laughs> They're doing mm -hmm. so well. It's just it's really exciting to see that. In a, in a very short amount of time, but also from a place of community, from support, and a lot of hard work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the thing that Teresa kept saying when we were talking about it, is how happy she is and how happy Benedette is, right? I mean, Benedette, yeah. who is her firstborn daughter, is one of the young women who is in a skills program with a loan. And so, you know, the ripple effect just goes on and on. 
Yeah. Yeah. I will say that one of the ones that I just was so tickled by was, you know, we talked a while back about some, we discovered these tablets that are, um, not the tablets themselves are made in Zambia, but they're loaded with um, Zambian education software, which is, we could go on and on about that. It's absolutely perfect. We were so thrilled to find it. Um, And so we have a few of them to sort of a pilot just to see what they're like and what it's like for kids to use them. And Edna, who is our absolutely star pupil now in third grade, she was one of the the little girls in the pilot program to go to the Tuabo, the English school in first grade. She's been top of her class ever since then. She lives on the property with her mom, who is one of the cooperative members, and is just as bright as and bubbly as she could be, both Edna and her mom. And so they've been using the tablet a lot. And Teresa was telling us the other day how we said, how's that going? And she said, oh, you should see Edna. She said, I just stand back. I just watch mm-hmm. them. And Edna will sit there with one of her friends and just, and, you know, show her like, oh, and then push over here. And then you could do, and then this will do this. And then this will do this. And we were joking with Teresa. We said, you know, so often with that kind of thing, the kid, kids will surpass our ability as adults in them. She's like, oh, already. <laughs> Edna already knows <laughs> way more about that thing than I do. And so, you know, yes, the tablet itself is exciting, but what's so fun is that, that again, that ripple effect, right? Edna is getting mm. a really good education. She's obviously incredibly bright, and that's spreading, right? She's excited to show her friends. She's excited to, you know, teach them, and that she becomes a role model for her own, her very own peers, which is so exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just thinking about Edna at her age right now, um, Jen, to talk about another one of our girls, um, it, kind of a, in a different way, but, but um, one of our older girls, Monica, um, who is in the Zambian National Service. She's our, she's our trailblazer <laughs> in the Zambian mm-hmm. National Service, our, our, our yeah. only girl uh, for the girls program to enter it. Uh, she's been in it, I think, for over uh, just about a year now. And yeah. um, yeah. she recently sent um, a photo. And so for people who don't know, the Ambient National Service is a, is a government service, and she's getting training, and then she's going to choose a field and be deployed to work. And um, Monica recently sent a picture of, her, of two pictures of herself, one where I would project she's maybe around Edna's age, four, five, six, or seven mm-hmm. years old, because um, mm-hmm. she was one of the first 100 kids in the program, the first 100 kids yeah. to be fed. Um, and then a picture of her now. And, and it was, uh, it, the, the wonderful thing about it is when we asked Teresa about it, oh, Teresa, you know, that's so great. Did you ask Monica to send that? And, and Teresa said, no, Monica just took a current picture of her in this, like, great, you know, like, I think it was like a truck outfit, like um, a truck yeah. job outfit. And um this picture of her is one of the 100 children to, to send to, to Teresa. Um, and I, I, you know, Jen, and I'm trying not to get emotional when I think about the picture, because when you see Monica in that first picture and you see her now and what yeah. the impact of getting that one meal a day started with, but then being a part of the girls' program and being supported to move on and the pathways that have opened and now being in the, in the Zambia National Service and just the – incredible growth, the joy, the healthiness of this young yeah. woman is, is astounding. It is astounding, and there's so much I love about it, Shredevi, because, you know, Brenda, so Brenda is her mom, 
And mm-hmm. I mean, has oh boy, I mean, you know, like everyone, she's just been up against so much in her life. And Monica, for most of the time that I knew her, was a very shy little girl. And mm-hmm. I project partly because a lot of, you know, some things that have happened in her life. But when you see this picture, and I will put in a plug for people to go to the under, let's see, where is it on the website, on the Africa section, and then I think it's under news. And Teresa regularly sends us pictures, these were some of them, with captions, and then someone in the Sangha stewards getting them up on the website. So I really would encourage people to go and see. This picture of Brenda, it's clear. She is a confident young woman, (laughs) you know, as you say, Mm -hmm. in this work suit, just ready to go. And I love that, so that photo that, of herself that she sent to Teresa, sort of she sent her own before and after picture. Can you believe it, Auntie T? Look at me when I'm little. That was a picture that we took of the first 100 children. You know, Sherry talks about that. that we, we, each one of them, we spent like three days with, you know, over three days taking a picture of each of these kids. And Monica was one of them. And then we printed those photos and gave them to them. And she has that photo from all those years Mm -hmm. later, took a picture of it, sent it to Teresa, put them side by side. So it just so, it tickles me so much that she herself is showing off the transformation. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so amazing. And then speaking of trailblazers, there's Susan, <laughs> our trailblazer, mm, Susan. starting yep. her own business. Do you want to tell a little bit about Susan's story and where she is? Oh, at please. Then? No, please. You go ahead, Sir Davis. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so people, I think, hopefully have been following along and Miss Susan graduated. Uh, or for those who don't know, so Susan's one of our girls in the program, and she went on to um, skills program and, and finished her one-year program and uh, has learned how to, um, to tailor. And so... Um, now, you know, we've been looking at, well, what's, what's next for Susan? She has this, this skill. And so um, part of the process is, um, and because a Susan has a disability, she can't use the, the regular machines, um, sewing machines. So she had to get a special machine um, that Teresa and Susan went into town. Um, they had to wait a little bit <laughs> to make sure mm-hmm. people go. Yeah, big and, COVID um, delay on Susan that. Yeah. Got, Susan got so dressed up in these photos, <laughs> ready to go to town, um, yeah. picked out the, the sewing machine, and, and again, plug for going to check out that section of the website, these photos yeah. of Susan. Um, yeah. Because I, rem- I remember meeting Susan for the first time, who always just had the brightest spirit, but was – you know, clearly, um, but, you know, had these physical challenges, these health issues, and then just through the program and through the support of the community of Sangha in supporting this program to watch her blossom and to watch her now starting her own business, which I would project probably wasn't even in the, a, a, a possibility for her five, six, seven, eight years ago. And I think the favorite thing that I um, love about this Outside of all of it, but just the one additional thing is um, if any, anybody puts an uh, extra close eye or zooms in on the photos of Susan and that sewing machine, on the sewing machine is the word butterfly. And Teresa mm. told us that she specifically picked that one that said butterfly on it. And because we were, as we were discussing with Teresa, reflecting on what, what, a, what a, a perfect way to reflect on Susan's journey of really yeah. flourishing and growing into yeah. a, a young businesswoman now who started yeah. her own tailoring business. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so good. 
It is so good. We could truly go on and on, <laughs> but we won't. And I think we did a really stellar job in those 10 minutes, I will say, <laughs> giving. We certainly, there's certainly a lot more detail. And again, for people to check out those photos that come in from Teresa. Um, and we will, you know, do these updates regularly. But thank you so much, Shadavi, for being with us this afternoon to talk about it. It's, it's so fun. It's such a pleasure and honor to be involved with it. Yes, it is. Thank you so much, Jen. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. And Michael, we'll turn it back over to you and Ashwini. Wonderful. Thank you, Jen, and thank you, Sri Devi. And welcome back to Open Air. And Ashwini, we have more callers here. Great. Okay. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Yes, this is Virginia. Hi, Michael. Hi, Ashwini. Hi, Virginia. Hi, Virginia. Good evening. Good evening. Well, it's, you know, I called tonight partly because um, such an amazing opportunity that I have as part of the Sangha to call in and, and be facilitated and to look at whatever I'm looking at. I mean, I... I take it for granted a lot, and so I, I just wanted to acknowledge it's really amazing that, that this, we have open air and that it exists. And, um, and, and also, I also wanted to call because I'm really excited about the acceptance email class and mm-hmm. like really excited, and, and I wanted to talk a little bit about that and also it's to tell you and Sherry and everyone who's participating and making it happen that I'm really grateful for that class. So as I was sitting here so waiting. big round of uh, <laughs> gratitude, gratitude and more gratitude. And I, I love what you're saying, right, Virginia, that we want it. We, it's offered. And part of why this sangha exists is because there's participation. If yeah. there wasn't any participation, we wouldn't be doing this, right? Right. Because there would be no one to offer it to. And so that lovely reciprocity, that it's a gift of yourself to this practice to take advantage if we would, we, we don't want to, I mean, yes. I mean that in the conventional yes. sense of the word, to accept the offering, right? Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Yeah. I mean, it's really huge. I When I really stopped to, you know, contemplate that or, you know, be with that. It's so mind-blowing, really, truly. Well, and it's and mind-blowing to me, too, that there is such a group of people so dedicated to participating in everything that's offered. It's mm. like such a testament to what is important in our mm. lives, right? Mm. That we show up for the things that we care about, that support us, that we love, uh, that that takes care of us, and we then reciprocate by taking care of. It's quite a remarkable yeah. Uh, yeah. exchange, if you will. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It, it it certainly is. Yes. And well, so I'll just say this, Ashwini, as I was sitting here waiting and hoping to get you know unmuted, that I got I I just saw. I saw how I get talked out of participating. <laughs> and <laughs> well, there's the price of admission, right? 
Yeah, I mean, like, I'll just give you this high-level summary that it was like, mm -hmm. the first thought that came in was like, well, you could just go back and listen to the recording, the first assignment for the class, and then, because I wanted to talk about acceptance, well, just go back and listen to what Sherry was saying in that first recording, and, oh, but you haven't finished reading the responses, so you should, it was like, you should, you should, and then you shouldn't talk until you've done a thorough investigation mm -hmm. on your own. In other words, mm -hmm. I feel like what it was it's I feel like what the theme is that it's important for me to see is that you should know before you know. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so absurd when you say it that way. But it's it's very similar to what we were talking about with Zoe, right? Yes. That we, we yes. when we look at it, we can see the shape of resistance. And it yes. takes a particular shape for all of us it's always based on the conditional. So in Zoe's mm -hmm. case, if you don't motivate, if you're not motivated, you can't do something. Right. And in your case, it's like until you finish no, you know, internalizing all of this stuff, right. you can't X, Y, Z. Right, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, I can't participate. I can't say anything. I can't... Uh, I can't explore it. I can't explore it. It's a real game stopper, you know. I can't explore anything until I'm certain that I know something. Mm -hmm. and, and if we look at it from uh, an existential perspective, right, Virginia, you can't know anything. So it's basically a, such a negation of right. life, which is what we were looking at in the acceptance class, that that process is constantly not life. So it's basically saying you should know when it's impossible to know, right? <laughs> right? And right. so the, the, the things that are not related are put together, and it takes such a level of awareness to, first of all, catch on to the only thing that's ever stopping me is a thought, and it can't really stop me because yeah. a thought is a thought. I mean, it doesn't, can't physically say something. I mean, it can physically stop you from doing something unless mm -hmm. you, are, you are not present, right? Then mm -hmm. we just go with the energy of the thought. But there's a way in which here I'm present right. enough to see the thought, I'm aware enough and practiced enough to recognize the process as A, suffering and B, resistance, uh -huh. <laughs> and the impact it has on my life, and then choose not to go with it, which is yeah. you put yourself in the queue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was like a workout just <laughs> sitting there. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Seeing all that stuff. But, um, it, just one thing, Ashwini went back to how that relates to the acceptance, you know, email class and like what we're seeing about it, it's not the content that I need to accept as much as it's this the process that um, part, is a part I don't know, but it's it's the it's the process of how I'm caused to suffer by the non-accepting. Mm -hmm. yes. Is that? That's exactly it. So okay. if we wanted to relate it to this example, right, there's a way in which, or any, anything that I don't accept, what I'm told mm -hmm. is I have to accept the content. But the mm -hmm. acceptance is basically saying that I'm suffering around it. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's what I accept. And then mm -hmm. that's what I look at. Because in mm -hmm. looking at the suffering, I'm going to get a lot of information about what's really going on and how the, as you said, the energy is being siphoned off to maintain the ego system. Because non-acceptance, yeah. as we were looking at in the class, is ego maintenance. Right, 
Right. Yeah, it certainly is. Definitely. And as soon as we remove, as soon as we look at something, right? We look uh-huh. at ego. We're not in it, first of all. And so the energy gets released for an exploration. Yes, we may start at the exploration of the ego, but soon we're exploring our life and how we are and what's going on and all of that. And in that exploration, whatever it is that our our relationship with the content that is conditioned drops away in the exploration. And now we have some new information about whatever it is that we're looking at. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, I think yes. I I I. It, it like you mean like kind of in the in the Sunday conversation there was questions suggested like ask to to just reflect by kind of um, asking myself the questions you know what is it about that or kind of like I don't know Give I can't an remember. Example, Virginia. What is the what is some content that you're working with around unacceptable? Well. Um, Okay. I mean, it's almost everything, first of all. It's like across the board. <laughs> because it's such a... Uh-huh. And, 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 you know, yeah. Eagle says there are small things and there are big things, but really it's the same process. All these things, it's, it, objects, it objects to. And one a specific one I used in the exercise was I have a neighbor across the road and he... Well, my neighbor is kind of an older guy, but he... I think he took the mufflers off his cars, you know, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so he's, he, whenever he starts his two vehicles, and he starts them a lot, he, he's starting them a lot during days. Anyway, it just makes a big sound, like it's very, it's a huge sound. Sometimes if I'm not paying attention, I'll just jump. And, and, then, and then he has all the devices known to humankind that make noise. I mean, he's just, he, I, he's a, he has a lot of, Sound energy coming from from his side yeah. of the road. <laughs> That's a very polite way of saying Virginia. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, and so just in that example, right? Yeah. The, the 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 condition process is: I hate this person. I wish I could oh, do something. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Or oh, my. Yeah. or I, the right spiritual person thing to do would be to be in a state of complete non-reactivity because of yeah. the sound and whatever yeah. is the conditioned conversation. Yeah. But the the encouragement is. The acceptance of, well, I'm bothered by this. Yeah. Something about this whole thing really, really affects me. Now, yeah. wh- whether I go yell at my neighbor or request politely that he puts mufflers on his car is at the level of solving the problem, right? Or I uh-huh. don't say anything and I just feel resentful that those are all my bad choices. <laughs> right. I'm going to offend the neighbor and make him, make him upset with me or I'm going to hurt the neighbor and make him upset with me or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to say anything and I'm going to be upset by my... I mean, it's all, all of that is the stuff of the conditioning around non-acceptance. But if I'm accepting the situation, if I uh-huh. admit that, wait a second, this, something is going on for me around here, I can uh-huh. look at it and go... Well, what is going on for me? Is, yeah. is I mean, what 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 is going right. on for? Why 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 do I get upset? Yeah, why am I not free around this? Right. Right. You do the two you do the two handed recording exercise with a person who is who is who is being subject to all of those uh, ego voices that is causing her to suffer, and that's the right. process you're examining in uh-huh. acceptance. 
Aha. Aha. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Because we're bringing conscious awareness to the process, and when we bring conscious awareness to anything, we're uncondi- there's unconditional acceptance there. Yeah, this right. is also included. Let's look at what's going on, and let's look at it with the eyes of love, in the arms of compassion, rather than a, a conditioned, you should do something about this, or you shouldn't feel the way you're feeling, or whatever mm-hmm. conditioning says, <laughs> which is such right. a superficial way of invalidating. It's really a non-acceptance conversation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, 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 get, I think I understand what you're saying, and I am going to listen to this again, because I, I, I kind of grok up some, somewhat. And it's, it's also, I'll just say that when I did that, exercise now I remember now what came up which was I'm not allowed to make noise Mm. oh wow that's an important insight right because that's a process Mm -hmm. we're familiar with we are Mm just we we project outwards judgment Mm -hmm. on people if for being able to do something we're not able to do because Mm -hmm. we are told we're so controlled around it right Mm -hmm. that's a very very familiar ego process so if if somebody can get to be loud and uninhibited, mm-hmm. if I'm not allowed to be loud and uninhibited, there's a level of resentment that, that somebody else mm-hmm. can do something that I'm not allowed to do. Right, right. How come you get to take up all the space and I don't get to take up any That's space? Right. That, yeah, yeah. So Yeah, which then, you know, re, re, reframes what I'm working with, right, Virginia? It's mm-hmm. not about going out and telling the guy to put mufflers on his car. Mm-hmm. It's about mm-hmm. where in me... What, what wants to be expressed, what wants to have space, what wants to explore itself mm-hmm. that isn't allowed to? Where can mm-hmm. I find ways to express myself so I'm not coming from a place of deprivation mm-hmm. when it's happening outside? Right. That's, right. that's the helpful part about examining it because we realize the problem within quotes is not at the, at the level of the content that it's being uh, uh-huh. uh, that is being uh-huh. framed in, it's got mm-hmm. something to do entirely with something that's going on for me, which is somewhere I'm told I have to be somewhere I'm being controlled. My energy mm-hmm. is being controlled in a way that I don't even know. Yeah, right. Wow, that's so big. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's so much and, about... And, uh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say it so much speaks to nothing is nothing is the way I think it is or nothing is the way ego tells me it is, you know? Precisely. It's always yeah. worth going underneath this. What is the subtext here, right? right. Because I'm being manipulated on the level of the content mm-hmm. so that I don't ever examine and look at the process mm-hmm. for it to give me information about what mm-hmm. would free me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so being manipulated. Yes, yes. Just to reflect what you said, I'm being manipulated by the content, so I never go underneath to see what's actually happening, what really is actually happening. Yeah. 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 And we don't need to be surprised that, you know, you do the two, on Sunday morning, you do the two-handed recording about noise, and you arrive at something, and it doesn't resolve the issue. You still get Mm -hmm. upset the next time the muffler goes off, right? And mm-hmm. now you do the two-handed again to see what's going on. It, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's not even, I think Sherry said it on the, on the call on Sunday, it's not done just because you do it once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Because ego's never done. Ego's always going to use that. It's a well-worn mm-hmm. groove. Yeah. So you can, it can get you on that 
every single time because mm. maybe, maybe because it's always controlling you. So in this case, you arrived at, well, I'm not allowed to, I'm, I'm not allowed to do that, whatever that is. And so I'm going to explore expression and places where I'm not. But we're always being controlled by our conditioning. And we always mm-hmm. feel trapped by it. So mm-hmm. we get to explore all of the many ways in which that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Ashwini. Um, because really, Virginia, what you are is life infinity, right? It's what we're talking mm-hmm. about with Mark. There is all of existence attempting to experience itself being mm-hmm. limited by the conditioning, right? Mm-hmm. So the move, the trajectory towards the expression of all, the experience mm-hmm. of all is what we are as life expressions. Yeah. And yeah. so when we feel controlled, it is a feeling of being trapped, right? Uh, and we want to get past the trap. It's just that we're bamboozled into believing that circumstances or people or, or uh, something is the reason for why we feel the way we feel rather than uh, ego being the process that is constraining us. And transcending that will set us truly free within quote. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I I heard what you just said that that we're always being told it's the people or it's the content that are making us feel trapped but it's really just the trap of ego and so that's why we always want to turn to look to see what it's doing so we can identify it and disengage so that we can be truly free bingo there it is yeah, yeah. wow Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, thank really, you. thank you so much. Okay. All right. Good night. Good night. Thanks for joining us, Virginia. And Ashwini, we are very close to the top of the hour here. I don't think we have time to bring on another caller. And uh, I found... I'm, Go I'm ahead. Agree with you, Michael. I think within three minutes we could not we could not do justice to another you know insight that that someone wants to share. So yes, yeah. yes, and I loved your conversation with Virginia. And um, on a process level, uh, noticing Virginia reflecting back what you had um, guided her to, and I just find that fascinating to to reflect and take in. Um, and we practice that with reflective listening buddies in group. And uh, it's just such a great process. Mm-hmm. Yes, because then we can we can actually uh, we're paying attention, right, to what yeah. someone is saying, and then we can uh, basically say it for ourselves. Yes, right? it's a lovely mirroring process in in yes. in being able to truly receive what we've heard. Yes, it's such a gift. Mm-hmm. Yes. Fascinating. Fascinating. And so we've come to the top of the hour, and I want to thank you and thank Sangha for being here tonight. And next week we will start again at our new time of 5 p.m. Pacific. Oh, that's wonderful. It, it, I, I love the show um, and this new, new format. So look forward to doing it again next week. Wonderful. Go happy. Thanks, Michael. Thank you.